this may not be the best podcast you've ever heard, but we think if you give her a listen, you may have an okay time. There's a bug in there. If you're listening to this podcast in the evening, then that applies to you. This is episode eight of OK Time, which is really episode 10, but who's counting? Not me, that's for sure. My name's Carl Grashett, and to my right is Steve. Hi, episode eight. Oh, I should say, today on OK Time, we're reviewing the Mr. Rogers documentary entitled Won't You Be My Neighbor and Super Unison's Auto. person this week because I now live in Delaware and I just drove up I-95, had me some Wawa and some coffee down at the Green Line, Main Line, Green green Line, and now I'm ready to talk about. What'd you call it earlier? You called it something wrong. Uh, I just went with it. What do you mean? You called the Green Line something other than Green Line. Main Line? No. Must have been something like that because I'm not one to mix things up. Just ask the producer. <laughs> I'm not going to hold it against you since I can't even recall what it was. Tell us what's going on. Um, what is going on? The most uh, pressing thing really in life is um, Gritty. Oh, the new mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers? I have um, really been thinking ab- about nothing else and um, enjoying a new gif of Gritty spinning around. Look at the camera. That I've... N- you used and then like an hour later someone at my work used so i was like this this is a nice community gif vibe do you think that they created that character as a like didn't realize that it would be so uh funny yeah but like do you I think they so. were more serious about it like we don't want this to be a joke this is like gritty like the city i hope so but it ultimately it doesn't matter it's whether it was um supposed to be funny or not it's the greatest funniest thing because it's it's like a Muppet, it's like Animal the Muppet who's overweight and middle-aged and just was trying his best to get a job but got laid off from the garbage factory. Like, the, he was a garbage man and he got laid off. <laughs> what factory is making garbage? <laughs> garbage factory. Like, where they take the trucks when they're done for the day and then they go park the garbage trucks and then they still got to make their do clean stuff there. But that's where Gritty work. Got fired, laid off. <laughs> he was a supervisor. <laughs> and then they're like, we need a mascot here, just a person to come and entertain the guests during the Flyers games. And he signed up. And he was in the parking lot making trash. <laughs> like regurgitating it into his own mouth like a mother bird. <laughs> and just got overweight in the car. <laughs> he got overweight in the car? Just what does that mean? Eating his own filth. Because he was living in it? Yeah. I don't know, but... That's very similar to the origin story I read on uh, the Flyers website. I'm kind of jealous that the Red Wings don't have anything like that, being that I am from Michigan and a fan of the Red Wings and not the Flyers. But Do they have a mascot? No. not. I mean, because you can't... Oh, oh, no, they don't have a mascot, but we have the octopus. Like, you know, everybody... We, that's our thing. We'll throw an octopus on the ice. It doesn't matter if you're at, it's a home or away game. People, someone will sneak an octopus in and throw it on the ice to disrupt play, but also that's just a tradition associated with the Red Wings. Speaking of gritty, Sarah said that she would, wouldn't come back on until we gave her something to review. So do you think that 
gritty is a good subject for her to review or just talk about. Very much. I think that's a great idea. I don't know how she can learn more besides like there's got to be some sort of video announcement that she can just watch. And I I normally um, wouldn't be interested in a sports related topic, but gritty is the only thing that's happening in Philadelphia right now. That must be the gnarliest job. I mean, you get heat rash. so hot and nasty. And that's what you, that's that's how they describe gritty. (laughs) I'm guessing the visibility is really bad. So you don't know when fans are about to hit you with something. Yeah. That's why I'm scared to go to a Red Wings game there because I've heard that it doesn't matter, but the Phil, like any Philadelphia sports fans will whip a battery at you and shit like that. Which is too, it's like taking it too far, but I, I mean, I respect it. Taking it just as far as it should go. But you can imagine like gritty just no one's throwing a battery on fire at anybody. That would be too far. Like lithium? Or leaking. No one's throwing leaky batteries. They're respectful. You're not supposed to throw batteries out. Uh, You can recycle them. Yeah, but like you never know where to take them. No, I know. You have to... I've never... I've saved them in a baggie for years and then... Eventually, was like, I'm not actually going to look at where to take this and then take it. So I threw them away. I'm looking at your apartment. I don't see, I'm like thinking of wait, places that a bag of batteries could be stored <laughs> at. Uh, at the trash factory when I threw them away. There's a pile of trash in an in, in a, like a half of a building on Gray's Ferry. And recently, somebody told me that somebody else I know completely earnestly said that. It was one of the most beautiful things they'd ever seen. And that's how Greedy was made. <laughs> Which reminds me of um, that scene in American Beauty when they're the student film with the plastic bag. Sometimes trash is profound. They should really do that, though. Like when Greedy spins around, if you get hit by any Greedy's like liquids that you get hepatitis B. <laughs> no, that's too far. <laughs> Even Philly wouldn't support that. Oh, Donnie's got hep C to use. I mean, it's a good idea if you're going anywhere near Gritty to have hand sanitizer. Like a industrial grade jug of hand sanitizer and like a bunch of wipes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You got to wipe down all the surfaces that Gritty touches. (laughs) Whoever Gritty is drives some sort of Dodge Dart. Steve is pulling up notes on his phone and he's going to talk about the Mr. Rogers documentary. Won't you be my neighbor? What is this garbage? That looks like a Wikipedia page for Fred Rogers. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Why is it? (laughs) You got to zoom zoom out. I'm not zoomed. Oh, Uh, okay. So I want to, I would just want to sorry. I just, I just want to say that my first uh, interaction with, with this was a couple weeks ago. Sarah and I watched it. Tears were shed, um, much like tears would be shed as if you just saw Grady for the first time. Uh, I enjoyed it. It made me think of the Mr. Rogers that I saw growing up. You know, it was much older, but it immediately brought me back. What do you think about it? Tell me. Um, 
Yeah, it was like uh, I said last, I was saying last week when you told me to watch it, I was looking forward to seeing it and I was hoping to see it in the theater, but I missed that opportunity. So I was planning on seeing it, but I probably would have waited until I had the opportunity to see it with someone, but watching it alone was just fine. I actually expected to do a lot of crying. I don't think I cried at all. It was moving. But um, maybe it was because I was by myself. Um, I don't know. But um, you don't have to lie about which part. Crying. <laughs> I would be happy to report a lot of crying if that were the case. That makes me think of uh, Sarah and I saw a movie called Cretia a few years ago in a theater. And I cried so much that she told me that she was wondering if she should hold my hand, but she didn't want to make me feel weird. <laughs> so she just didn't. So yeah, that you should see that movie if you have Cretia. Cretia. I mean, yeah, that's interesting because I, I at least th- three different moments in that documentary, I teared up. Yeah. I mean, I, what, what's surprising to me is I believe I cried during the trailer when I saw that the first time. And then seeing the movie, I don't, it, you know, it depends on mood too, just how you're feeling that day, I think, and who you watch it with maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I watched a lot of Mr. Rogers growing up. And so um, there's something that happens like just on a body level with <clears throat> seeing or hearing him. I think when I was a teenager or in my early twenties, I thought it was super uncool and would have made fun like a lot of the like the ways that like Saturday Night Live and different people have parodied parodied it. That's right. <laughs> um, but it just felt really. I just felt immediately like some sense of safety and ease uh, seeing and hearing him. I just think that if you grew up with it, it's it's sort of in your bones it's in your dna and so some of the i noticed that some of the footage i probably saw all or most of the the episode the shows when i was little but some of it looked unfamiliar yet um i had this sense like i've seen this before but you know my it it's not stored in my uh, left brain it's like i have an emotional storage i thought it was cool Near the beginning, he talks about, I'm paraphrasing, but he talks about how TV is a wonderful tool. Why is it being used uh, this way? Meaning, like, they showed clips of um, someone getting a pie in the face. And it was a sharp contrast to the scenes of his show that they were showing that were slow, that were like carefully, the, the characters are like carefully expressing themselves. And when you watch him change his shoes and put his sweater on, like it's all, he's doing it with care, uh, which is um, certainly to compare it to television. Now it's so different. The speed, the pace of it is so different. As a kid, you don't really know the origins of all that or why he wanted to do television in that way. But it's, and it's cool and uh, kind of profound as an adult to learn more about the origin. So cool, yeah, because those things were effective, but you don't have to understand why. 
In fact, you probably can't at that age, uh, most of us. But um, that's how we all felt when we first saw Gritty for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I noted um, in talking about the pace of the show, they I loved how they talked about how he used time differently than other children's television shows and how he one time took an egg timer and set it to a minute and just sat there with kids while the egg timer counted down a minute to show them how long a minute was. Right. It's crazy. And it worked. Yeah. Just effective because it was um, simple and patient. I liked how one of the crew members paraphrasing again said that years ago, it wasn't weird to have such a nice person on TV. Nowadays, there's no room for a nice person on TV. That feels really true to me. Um, another note about the the pace, they I liked how they said that he would often, he talked about silence in different interviews and how important silence was to him and how when he would talk to kids, he would sometimes just leave extra space, uh, maybe where you could have kind of give give the child some sort of confirmation or just some sort of retort. He would purposefully leave that space open and notice that a lot of times kids would exp- like tell him more than they would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, the documentary was interesting in that it it's, you know, it was very lighthearted, but um, there wasn't, I think we're used to kind of spikes in drama in stories about people that are heroes. Like oftentimes they have pretty um, serious flaws and, you know, you, I knew this wasn't going to happen, but it, it, nowadays, like you're, it'd be uncommon to see a documentary about a heroic man and not have like dark bits of past revealed. The only thing that was sad to hear was the situation with um, Officer Clemens, who was spotted at a gay bar and discouraged from going back mm-hmm. to that bar. They didn't come out. I, I'm not sure that they were explicit, but the it was insinuated that um, Fred Rogers was like, you, you can't come out like that would be detrimental to what we're doing. Right. And probably true. Uh, probably would have had a negative impact, could have created controversy that maybe would have led to the show ending. Mm-hmm. But um, still sad that he was discouraged from living in an authentic way. And it was nice to hear it said, I don't know if, was it his wife that they, the older woman that they kept interviewing? Yes. She said that he changed his views on that at a certain point and they had gay friends in their lives later on. Probably including that actor. Yeah. It seemed like they stayed close. Um, and I thought that part um, where they first showed them just washing their feet together was pretty powerful because that yeah. happened what, like way before the Mr. Rogers that I watched, you know, that year. Right. And that was probably, you know, somewhat controversial when it first happened, you know, for certain people that had a problem with it or that might've had a problem with it. But for others that are just seeing that as a normal thing, especially kids, that's, it's a big moment. Yeah. And then the other, uh, I'll finish with a note about that. I love the way they ended the film with, um, encouraging the various people that they were interviewing to take a minute and think about someone that had helped them in their lives. And so that we got 
to see this sort of carefulness and silence that Mr. Rogers had talked about with the characters in the film in present day. And it was interesting that it was a bit awkward because you're not used to seeing interviewees sitting in silence. It's like you, you want them to say something, right? Even though you're not in the room, it's like building this tension. But I thought it was poignant that they ended that way and nice that the one guy said he thought about his mother. And then it just seemed so thoughtful that he said to the person behind the camera, and how about you? And they said, uh, I was also thinking about my mom. So um, it was just, uh, it, I ended feeling like I'm so used to listening to and watching super violent like i'm i'm listening to mostly true crime Mm -hmm. podcasts so um at the end of it it did feel like it was satisfying the film but i was left with like i think i i listened to an episode of um this podcast um what's it called uh dr death do you know about this no it sounds violent it's it's about this surgeon that just destroyed uh a handful of patients and got away with it um, at least for a while. And after I finished that documentary, I was like, mm, I need that kind of like uncomfortable kind of sick feeling that I get from, um, eating unhealthy food or listening to violent entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I ended up listening to an episode of that and I was like, ah, <laughs> now I feel terrible. Now I can go to sleep. I wrote a haiku silent, but not quiet. Grew old but didn't grow up. Left with hopes intact. Five bugs, obviously. Of course. Of course. <laughs> obviously. Um, and I think for a, a film, the gauge is um, how do you rate it and would you recommend the film? And I've I recommended it to my mom earlier. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then you guys can't see it, but I'm putting my cardigan back on. <laughs> As we close out that segment, putting his Dr. Merkinstocks in the closet. Yo, I got my Doc Merkins. Did you think it was funny too? I thought it was interesting just to, you know, I kept saying interesting a lot. I I need to find another adjective. It was, it was, you could could replace some with gritty. gritty. I thought it was gritty. Yeah. Yeah, It was gritty to see his one son (laughs) who kind of looked like a, Post Vietnam, long oh, hair. He did, yeah. And he's like, my dad had all these fucked up rules, man. But he didn't. He didn't really say that. But it just was funny to see what one of his spawn would look like and sound like. Yeah. But he, they made it. He made a joke that it was, you know, have try having Mister Rogers, for, right, for your a dad at the dinner table when he compared him to like Jesus. Try, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the other dude who was a stagehand or something. It, there's oh, one part guy, where he's yeah. talking about like giving him a picture of his butt. Yeah. It was nice to see that there was some, uh, kind of diso, uh, disorderly disobedient behavior happening behind the scenes. Nothing like scandalous, but just, um, what's the word? Uh, mischievous enough. Mischievous. I think, I think it's the same way. It's just a different pronunciation. Milk or milk. Water, water. I would never say milk, and I will never say water, and I will never let my baby who is, lives here now say water. She's totally gonna say water, nah, because all the kids in school are gonna say water. She's gonna say pop. She's gonna say crayon. I got Mirabel saying crayon. I'm really proud of myself. That's a crayon, but okay. Um, just imagine for a second if all the puppets that you remember from Mister Rogers were replaced with gritty. 
<laughs> that's um that's I a, think you have a project for that's this a week. different show. It's a different show. <laughs> This week I had you listen to Super Unison record called Auto. When did that come out? 2017? No, I think you said 2016. I think it was 2016, maybe. Okay, 2016 or hey, or, 20, or 2016. Pull up Spotify here and uh, looks like 2016. 2016. Okay. Um, so I knew of a band called Punch um, from the Bay Area and got to see them and was really stoked on it. And um, Super Unison is a bit, Punch is like pretty straightforward hardcore. I don't know if you call it straightforward. It's hardcore. Uh, Super Unison is a bit more dynamic by design. There's um, kind of a post-punk feel to it, but with hardcore parts for sure. Singing, screaming, talky vocal parts. And it seems like they're about ready to put a new record out. That's what I think every time somebody releases a single on Spotify, I guess it doesn't always mean that, but it said October Stella. Okay, great. So, and then they, they're going to be playing in Philadelphia. And so last week uh, it felt appropriate to have you check this out. That was one of the first things I wanted to ask you because I read about the singer, Megan O'Neill Penny being in a, in the band punch. And since they are from the Bay area, I was going to ask if you had seen punch. So it sounds like you already have, cause that was when you were living there. Confirmed. And how was that? It was awesome. Like seeing gritty for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool. It was on, a. um, it was in Berkeley and I can't remember where the show was, but it was good. Yeah. One thing I admire is, well, number one, because it's something that I, would aspire to be able to do is to sing and play anything. But the singer, she's playing bass and sing, which to me seems harder than playing guitar and singing. Cause you're trying to keep in time with the drums and the, like any other percussion that's happening. But I don't know. This to me seems more like it would be more difficult, but I really respect that. Um, and anybody who's singing and playing it, cause it's just hard. You have to really be proficient at both things to be able to do it and not have to think about it. So Number one, respect points immediately. I'm putting my hands up. Respect. Gritty in the city. It's really a <laughs> gritty thing to do to be able to play and sing at the same time. So respect. <laughs> it's called a callback, ladies and gentlemen. Like to be able to play and sing, you automatically get one bug. Yeah. And then, so it's uphill from there usually. Yeah, I agree. That's a good way to, to frame that. One bug automatic for super unison for playing and singing. If you have to... Uh, play a part and stop and then sing a part and stop. Then you start from zero bugs. Um, first, I will talk about the artwork, which to me is pretty striking, even though it's kind of simple and, um, you know, in its design, it's, I'll pull it up as so we can look at it while we're talking. But so it's, it's the singer kind of in a red shade with two long white rectangles, one over her eyes, one behind her, her neck area. <laughs> <laughs> like I've just described it perfectly, but it, it kind of reminds me of 
thumbnail from a Netflix show, maybe use House of Cards. I don't know, but you've mm. seen that you've seen this before in some way, shape, or form. But I I like it. It yeah. looks like anyone can make it in Photoshop. It's it's so simple, but so uh, effective. Mm-hmm. And just those two bars create this nice depth uh, in a in a way that it's like a lot of times the simplest things they're um, deceptive because you're like, I could do that, but could you? I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's not easy to make something that simple and effective. No, because if, I mean, the way we've just described it too, it would be difficult to achieve the same effect because anyone could take the the two shapes and if you're not layering it in just the right way, it's not going to look or feel the same. So I agree. And I didn't take what you said to mean like I couldn't recreate it, but in theory, I probably couldn't. Side, up, side note. It would end up looking like gritty. <laughs> Earlier, I kept thinking about the uh, Pauly Shore song, uh, Stony Crusty Dude with a Mop on Top, as <sighs> should be gritties. It's sad that there is even a like music by Pauly Shore, and I don't know that I remember that. that... <laughs> I don't think he released music. It was in a movie. Oh. Oh. That makes Maybe, more sense. Um, Thank God. No, he probably, he probably sang it when he was VJing. Son-in-law? No, I'm thinking it was on on camera on MTV. Was he a VJ? Yeah. Are you sure are you thinking of Jesse? No, Pauly Shore was as well. Oh, that's unfortunate. I don't know where to go from there. Oh, I wanted to talk about the lyrics because I had to really kind of work to find them. Because I, for the most part, when it... The fuck is that? <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. That was like your weird... Can you turn that off? I'm trying to be professional. Google, stop. Okay, Google, shut down. Steve's fucking Google machine just went off. That hasn't, I haven't used that in months. And Okay, Google, stop. Somehow we accidentally set an alarm. Okay, well, what I was saying before Google started Googling <laughs> in a really gritty way is that typically when I do a record talk about, I like to do one of the listens all the way through as I'm reading the lyrics, each song oh. piece by piece, and it can be harder or easier to find them depending on the band and how well known they are. Obviously um, there's a genius.com that has the lyrics and they've had most of them. If I were seeking them out, Oh, this one about that. Yeah. Check it out. Okay. Google stop. <laughs> um, this one I, I found, I was Googling the lyrics and strangely enough, it was a Reddit thread that someone had then uploaded mm requested and somebody used Imgur to upload a picture of the actual inside of the vinyl with the lyrics. And that's how Imgur. I found the lyrics. What's that? Imgur. 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 It's Imgur. What is that? It's a, it's the photo sharing website. Oh. And the way you said it sounds like an Ikea thing that I didn't want. <laughs> Imgur. Imgur. Mom. I'll have a hot dog and an Imgur. Imgur, please. You guy wants an Imgur, you give him an Imgur. So that's how I found the lyrics, but it's, it's, uh, it seems like, I mean, I can break down lyrics and talk about what I think they mean for talk each, about. each band that we listen to, but these seemed very specific and personal to, to her, Megan, the singer. Um, she's dealing with a lot of things like, uh, feeling limited, appreciating the present, not looking forward to the future. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. Feeling hurt and resentful dealing with people that are trying to mansplain her, uh, if that's how a couple of them came across to me, self-confidence issues, imposter syndrome, being okay with yourself, uh, missing her partner. Um, so I, I would suggest you do the same, go to that. I'll send you the photos, but if you want to 
listen while you read the lyrics. I think it don't to tell me, me what to do. It's a more powerful experience. You know, that was a really gritty thing to say back to me, kind of inappropriate. <laughs> so I, I enjoy that. And as someone who's written lyrics before too, it's it's in, in, uh, a fun way to go through a record, maybe a second or third time. So check it out. Another thing that I enjoyed on this record is the way she kind of used repetition in the chorus to emphasize the points that she's making. Uh, and I wanted to call out uh, the song, You Don't Tell Me in, in particular to read some of the lyrics and talk about why I thought that was more effective. So this is the verse. Listen here, little girl, you know, you're living in a man's world. It's so hard to hear you. We don't think you'll tell the truth. And then the chorus, don't tell me what I already know, just because you feel like you're losing control. You don't tell me you don't know. And then she, she repeats that several times and she starts yelling. And that's, I really like that. Yeah. that That's one of, um, that's one of my favorite songs on the record. I listened to the record a bunch this week. And that one sticks out to me. And I do, I also like that repetition and I haven't read the lyrics yet. And I might not because you can't tell me what to do. Right. I mean, nor would I want to, but um, I almost considered putting them the lyrics because I had access to them on Genius, but no, because that takes away from someone that might be trying to listen several times to try to figure them out on their own. Oh, you're a content provider. Shut yeah. up. Fact. <laughs> You're a garbage factory, are you? Yeah. I don't want to do that. You know, I just, just listen for yourself. It's a good listen. All I'm saying is listen to the lyrics. Okay. Because it's hard with a hardcore band to kind of decipher them. You get that feeling like you, you kind of really, you can pick up some stuff. Yeah. You might just, um, it might just be words here and there or like a phrase and then a bunch of stuff you can't decipher. And that's the thing with hardcore or bands that are just this loud or hard to decipher and there's just a lot going on. So this isn't the type of music that you can listen to with someone who doesn't appreciate this music. Cause you're not going to be in the car and they're going to be like, yeah, turn that on. That's Oh, they're going to go, Oh, <laughs> turn that off my headache. So it's either going to be music that you're listening to in the car by yourself with the windows down when you don't want someone to talk to you at an intersection. Cause you know, when you look left and you lock eyes with somebody in a weird way, if this music's gone, they're going to put their windows up and then you feel good. Yep effective uh the new album i thought was interesting because they got steve albini to produce it mm. um so i feel like every band maybe at some point would want to seek out out seek out albini is that like an arc that a band follows i don't know what makes a good producer is it the notoriety the experience the respect the sound that he produces i feel like it depends on uh, for for me, like if it's uh, the t- the kind of music I know, he's a pretty wide range of work. But if you're in a a band that sounds like this, why wouldn't you want to record with him at least one record to see yeah, what I mean, you make? He's put out some very good records too, or produced some, I should say. And I think he's pretty like you can go and you don't have to be in a well known band. You can no, you pay, and it's not that expensive. Yeah, it's affordable. I so, looked into it once. Yeah, let's. So we'll get the band back together and we'll we'll look it up. We'll maybe just do an episode of OK Time. <laughs> that would be a very expensive one. We probably, that would break the podcast and the, break the bank. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the upcoming Batting Cage show that they're playing because I want to know more about it. Again, it's, it's called The Hits, Greatest Hits. It's not called either one of those things. It's called Everybody Hits. That's right. I don't know um, anything about it aside from it's a show that's happening in October, right? That's all I know. Well, if you don't know when it is, how do you know when to guess when it is? <laughs> I'll just, I'll look it up. Maybe I'll see you there. 
are you inviting me or because <laughs> i'll go let's leave it open-ended all right um so i gave it five bugs in there and it's fantastic oh i wanted to talk about uh the way it made me feel or you know how music kind of invokes a time period that reminds you of or something but to me it reminded me for and even though they're from the west coast it reminded me of like the dead of winter getting into my car starting the car because i didn't have i never had remote start but you you would start it and it'd be so cold that it, you can see your breath you're waiting for the car to warm up and you slowly watch the frost on the windshield um disappear as it heats up but uh, and that reminded me of the music that would be on when i turned the car on and it would just start really loud and it's early in the morning but uh it's getting you through that awkward cold moment when you're waiting for the car to warm up. I, I get that. It, it does feel wintry to me. Oh, I wrote a haiku. Oh, but five bugs in there because uh, I just really liked it. Finally. Several beeps now. Kind of hard to know which ones really mean something. <laughs> it's the, um, the delivery of the haiku that it was good. Thank you. If you've, thought that I wasn't good at haikus, you were wrong. I didn't I didn't think that, but well I guess I was starting to wonder since you weren't doing them. I just forgot. Songs of the week? Uh yeah, you go first. It's funny that you brought up how you shit on Black Rebel Motorcycle Club because I'm using one of their songs as my song of the week. You dirty dog. It's you gritty, dirty, gritty dog. It's not <laughs> It's not a song from that record that I had you listen to. It's from the record Spectre at the Feast. It's a, an acoustic jam called The Knife. I think you would like it, actually. Take a listen. I will. What about you? I was thinking I would add a... What's that band called? Kevin? <laughs> Uh, I don't know of a band called Kevin. I was thinking I would add a Super Unison song, oh. one of the singles from the new record. Parts Unknown. Exactly. Um, there's two singles, and I thought that one was the more compelling of the. They're both good, but that one had a cool singing, screaming thing happening. What do you pick? Oh, but Sarah, you got to come on and talk about Gritty. Okay. Well, that's... And then who get, who else gets an assignment? Both of us, normal. It's a normal episode. How much time is she going to talk about Gritty? At least a half hour. <laughs> so it's going to be a long episode. No, it'll be the same. Okay. Do you know the band Harvey Milk? I think. I've, I'm familiar with the name and not just because of the politician. So I think you should listen to their record from, I think it's 09 called the best uh, life, the best game in town. I think you will like. So you, you talked about this band during the Denava review as like being somewhat in the same realm. And it made me think that you hadn't listened to the sword much. No. So it's their album, um, age of winters from 2006. Okay. So I would be curious to, to know what you think about it. Done. They're from, I just listened to it. It was all right. If I had to use one word to describe it, I would say it's gritty. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do it at the same time. Ready? Okay, okay time. Time's, time's 
sponsored by, by milk. Gritty, milk and Gritty. <laughs> And uh, the intro and outro music Hokkaido is Concern. Hokkaido Concern. Newark. Newark, Delaware. Drink a lot of milk. Newark house shows, baby. And they do a lot of milk. You could milk them. You could follow Carl, Carl on social media at Carl, Carl Grashit. C-A-R-L-G-R-A-T-I-O-T. And Steve at Airfort on Instagram. Because he's not on any other social medias. Just hair for it. Add hair for it. And the last four of his social are? Uh, three. Is that real? Yeah. It's okay to say the last four. Who's going to No, guess? it's not. I'm going to beep that out even if that's a joke. <laughs> Who's going to guess the you rest can't, of it? It doesn't matter. You don't. Because you use your last four years. Is that real? Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I'm beeping that out. You didn't really hear it because I beeped it. But yeah, you shouldn't do that. Uh, All right. Um. Leave us a review. I don't. I think I found out that you can't do the app, the anchor thing. So. Jesus. Oh. Um. Never mind. Sorry, Ryan. And that's how greedy was made.